Hello and welcome to Labor Pains Podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reiniger. I am so glad that you are here. If you are here for the very first time, welcome. I am so glad that you have found me. Um, And if you have been here before with me, welcome back to our community. This is a place where I strive to help women and men that are experiencing struggles with infertility, loss of a child during pregnancy or infancy, and we also, I want to help you with the heavy grief that are associated with those. I create space here for stories to be shared and connections to happen. Your happiness is very important to me, and it is also important to me that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do me a couple things. I would love for you to first connect with me on social media, both on Instagram and Facebook. I am at Living After Grief and also at Women Connect and Support. We share different information and resources on both of those platforms, so connect on both. Again, Living After Grief, and the other one is Women Connect and Support, both Instagram and Facebook. And then next, I would love to hear your feedback and suggestions on the podcast. You can do one of two things, um, different things to get in contact with me. You can message me on Instagram or Facebook, We'll definitely see it there. Or you can go to my website at livingaftergrief.com and click on the link to schedule a time to talk. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear feedback and suggestions that you may have for the podcast. And I would love to allow you to share your story. And if you have had a loss, I would love to hear about your baby. Hey, I would like to share with you really quick before we get into the episode for today that as a grief coach, I work with clients that are experiencing struggles with infertility, early or late miscarriages, stillbirths, or infant loss. After such profound loss, a woman desires to feel whole again for her family, friends, and most of all, for herself. To experience grief in a healthy way, One has to learn how to navigate through it. It takes time to learn how to live in the new normal. A coach like myself can help you in ways loved ones may not be able to. I am here to walk alongside you to find the hope, laughter, and joy in your life again without the blame and the guilt. I have a better understanding of grief and the necessary mixture of human emotions that come with it and push through to engage in life again so you can so I can help you navigate through those triggers that are keeping you locked inside physically and emotionally life can and will be good again so if you would like to set up a time with me i would love to talk to you just click the link on my website at www.livingaftergrief.com to schedule a time to talk over the phone. And I look forward to hearing from you soon.
I would like to share a little information about this amazing woman that I'm going to have on the podcast today. Um, Elizabeth Ahmed is the founder of Special Lady Awareness and a woman reproductive health advocate. She was the first black woman to share her story globally as a woman born with two wombs, two cervixes, and two vagina canals, and she had other reproductive health disorders. She has received recognition from UK Women of the Year Award in 2020 and Ghana Outstanding Woman Award in 2020. Her story has been featured on Born Different shows and has been viewed by over 10 million people on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. Her story has been published by UK Boots Health and Beauty Magazine in both November and December of 2020 and Juno Magazine earlier this spring. And she was also in the Health U.S. Health Magazine in April of, I believe, 2019. In addition, her story has been published on major media platforms in over 100 countries. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Theresa. I am so glad that we have gotten connected and are able to do this podcast. You are halfway around the world from where I am. So this is my first, I guess, international podcast recording. So I'm excited to do this. Um, We had to figure out a time that you were awake and I was awake. And so we have figured mm-hmm. that out. <laughs> so that's good. So I, yeah. So I would love for you to introduce yourself to my audience. Who is Elizabeth? Thank you for having me, Teresa. And um, Elizabeth is a woman, a woman uh, and a mother. And um, I'm a mom of one child. I have one child. I am also a woman reproductive health advocate and also the founder of Special Lady Awareness. And I live in the UK with my husband and my daughter. Awesome, yeah. And you weren't originally, you're not originally from the UK, correct? No. You're from? No, so I was born in Ghana and I grew up in France and I live in the UK now. Okay, (laughs) world traveler. (laughs) That's awesome, I love Mm -hmm. that. And you just talked about, so we want to talk about on the podcast, um, my podcast is geared towards women that have struggled with infertility or loss of children. And you obviously, um, you kind of alluded to what you do, but you've had some struggles with infertility. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't remember if you've had loss or not, but if you could just share your story. Um, I know it's been quite a journey and you are now an advocate um, for Mm -hmm. others. So yeah. So my journey, yes. Uh, the first question: I have lost a baby before. Okay. I experienced the, I would say, one of the unusual miscarriages, which is silent miscarriage or mixed abortion. Okay. Some might call it or mixed miscarriage. So it's a fetus died in my womb for eight weeks. So I carried a fetus, a dead fetus, for eight weeks, and that was the loss. And through that, I became the voice of the voiceless. But prior to that. Um, my story or journey goes back to way when I was six years old, 
when I started experiencing certain symptoms and signs that were not normal, as most young children will have. I used to have a lot of thrush, so it was more recurrent. So no matter how I get treated, they used to come, you know, a lot. And um, it went as having a lot of abdomen pain. And then I had late diagnosis of, sorry, late um, menstrual periods. And my periods were very heavy and heavy bleeding and also very irregular menstrual periods and very painful menstrual periods. And a lot of having a lot of thrush on, um, as I said, on, on genetical, uh, genital area and also coarse on the lips and in the mouth. So the immune system was very low and um, had a lot of migraine, fatigue. I mean, nervous symptoms, chronic pain. Mm -hmm. So I became an adult and initially I was diagnosed with primary infertility and I was able to get pregnant after uh, say a year and a half, 18 a month. I got pregnant naturally. However, I had um, a lot of bleeding throughout my pregnancy. So I was having my periods during my pregnancy and I was also in and out of the hospital because before I got pregnant, I was diagnosed also with fibroids, you know, quite a few of them. And um, given, after giving birth, I mean, the story is a lot, the symptoms didn't stop, it became worse. I started even uh, fainting on top of all the other symptoms that I had. And the, the doctors were pinching it down to postnatal depression. Well, my daughter was three years and I, I was still having these symptoms. So clearly they were not only postnatal depression, it was more than that. And um, 2015, I was diagnosed with two womb. And 2016, after, um, during, sorry, a surgery, I was diagnosed with two services as well and two vaginal canals and severe endometriosis and secondary infertility. And um, is it, I did not, I did not miss it or something like that. It's whereby also the blood, not only the ones like the endometriosis, but the one too that stuck things, like your organs get stuck together, which is, yeah. So my pervic and my rectum were stuck together due to um, uh, the endometriosis that I had. So quite a few that was going on. <laughs> Wow. And from there, the story is so many that if I have to go through, go through, it's a lot. And through all, I became a woman reproductive health advocate because I believe that with all the challenges and, you know, my journey, it, you know, it gave me the voice so that I can, I can speak on behalf of these women to encourage them, to motivate them and also encourage medical professionals to not ignore, you know, these kind of symptoms or ignore or uh, these women, when they plead, you know, for right answers, because I had a late diagnosis and that resulted to multiple surgeries. I've had at least six surgeries. Mm -hmm. So this is all that motivated me to become the voice. Wow. Um, I think you've had every um, <laughs> thing that a lot of women have, but you as one person have had multiple. So you indicated, just so that my audience understands, you have two wombs. But that pregnant, the, the daughter that you have, were you diagnosed with having the two wounds, two cervix prior to having her? Or when did that actual diagnosis? No. So, That's what I thought you said. And so I'm not clear. No, as how I wasn't they... diagnosed. No, I was diagnosed five years after she was born. And um, strangely, I had more than 10 ultrasound scans, both 
internally in the stereo when she I was pregnant with her, and no one spotted that I have the boo boom. Interesting that they did not know that. They were know, still when scanning. You were, yeah. They were still scanning. So this is the question that no one was able to answer up to today. What were you doing? And it wasn't only one person, it was different ones. Because as I said, I was bleeding throughout my pregnancy. So each time I go to the hospital and get scanned, and sometimes they could not even allocate a baby because obviously the baby was in a different room. And yes, so they did not know what was going on. They were ruling out it's a pre-pregnancy and then they were pushing me to have an abortion and then all sorts. And then they then end up saying, oh, probably the baby is okay. But no, the baby will be Down syndrome. The baby with this is best you have got the baby. So they were actually pushing me to abort the baby instead of doing the right thing which is diagnosing the right condition. And wow. I had my faith, you know, with the prayers and also my family and my partner being a very supportive partner. We had that faith and we carried on. So I gave birth to her premature. She came premature, she came seven months. And after seven months, I still asked her questions. Why did I give birth to a baby prematurely? Prematurely, no, we don't know. It's natural, no. It's not natural for a woman to have a preterm baby. It's not normal. And now, sitting here, knowing I have uterus diaphysis, that explain why she came premature. Because women with my condition can't have premature baby easily. They're actually prone to having premature babies. They're actually prone to having stillbirth. They're actually prone to having miscarriages. So that answers those questions. So to me, it took at least 30-something years, over two decades, for me to get answers to all the questions that I needed many years ago. And I wasn't the type of patient that kept quiet. No, I persisted. I kept asking questions. I mean, if you look at my medical record, I've got tons of pages like that in and out of hospitals asking medical professionals, what is wrong with me? Why am I having so much thrush? Why am I having vaginal infections? Why am I always tired? Why am I bleeding? Sometimes I could bleed for six weeks, eight weeks. And I was asking the questions. So it wasn't like I kept quiet. No, I didn't. Why? So was all of the bleeding during the pregnancy of your daughter due to the fact that there was that other womb, the other uterus? Is that where the bleeding was coming from? Oh, you from? know, I was probably menstruating from the other womb. And I really don't, for all you know, because it's possible. Because mm -hmm. both womb doesn't communicate because obviously I do have two services and two vagina canals and they're all separated. So one, let's say the left side don't uh, communicate with the right side. So that is very possible. I mean, sitting here right now with what the research I have done is making sense to me. That is normal that you were pregnant and still bleeding. I mean, there has been cases, even one not recent, back up of years ago when one Bangladesh lady gave birth and after mom, she gave birth again. So clearly there was no communication when you have two womb, two services into vagina canals. That's what I was wondering, if you could possibly be pregnant at mm -hmm. different times, yeah. in one in each womb. Mm -hmm. So interesting, yeah. Um, but I love that um, we're on the podcast talking about that. I know I previously had um 
Laana on who introduced us or mentioned you to me and I reached out to you um, who has the two wounds as well, but she doesn't have the double, all of the female organs double. Yeah, I think she's um, got two services, but not too much on that kind of Yeah, yeah. So um, it makes sense to me that your bleeding was from the other um, uterus mm -hmm. or womb is where the bleeding was come. But then you have all the other things on top of that, which mm -hmm. also increases that pain mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that bleeding. Um, have you, when, when were you diagnosed with all of those? So and 2016. Okay, and fibroids. 2016, the fibroids was 2008 and primary infertility was 2008 and then the endometriosis was diagnosed at the same time that they find out two services and the two entries yeah that was when I was also diagnosed with a severe endometriosis it was already on stage four when I got diagnosed it was already on my lower bowel so around the rectum area and also secondary infertility so they were 2016. Mm. And so you've gone through multiple, you said, multiple, multiple yes, surgeries to... I was six of them so far, yes. Yeah, and I love now that you're an advocate. Mm -hmm. um, and I am finding more and more as I do research that that is this having two wombs, two services, two vaginas mm -hmm. are not as rare as people would think. Mm -hmm. um, people are out there. They're starting mm -hmm. to, I know you mm -hmm. had indicated you, there's a Facebook page where these mm -hmm. women communicate. Mm -hmm. And I, I am just one to know that it is important that people understand and know that these things can happen. Women can be born, you know, mm -hmm. and, 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 and men not with uteruses, obviously, but with abnormalities. Um, of course. I have a grandson that was born with, you know, an abnormality. I have a daughter that was born with an abnormality mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that these things happen. There's nothing mm -hmm. to be shameful about no. it or mm -mm. Um, not talk about it. Of I course. think more so we need to talk about it mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. because when my daughter was born, you know, with an infallocele, I had no idea, you know. Um, when my grandson was born without a completed esophagus, I had no idea that even of those course. things existed. And now I'm being educated more on two wombs, two services, two vagina entries, mm -hmm. you know, um, but I'm, I'm educating myself and now mm -hmm. on the podcast, educating more women, especially Men, women. Yeah. And I think what you're doing and what I'm trying to do is really help women advocate for themselves that if they're having trouble, that they speak up mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so that it doesn't take as long as it did for you of to course. be diagnosed and go through mm -hmm. all of that pain and the mm -hmm. endometriosis to go so far mm -hmm. as it did. Um, that, that women advocate so those things don't happen. Mm -hmm, and, I, mm -hmm. and I think that's what your, your mission is, correct? Of course, of course. My mission is, is speak up, you know, speak up and seek help, seeking early diagnosis, women not being silent on these conditions, 
as you clearly mentioned, yes, on Facebook page, um, on a couple of them, one of them is around 12,000, and the other one is about 5,000. And these women have my complications. You know, they do have um, double womb, double services. Some have complete malformation like me with the double vaginal canals. Some have only two uh, womb, one service, one canal, some have the two. So there are a lot of malformations of the womb out there that people have no idea. And, and these women, the question is, why are they so quiet? Why that I am the first black woman to speak about this? And I'm not the only black woman on that group. I mean, personally, I know at least five African women from my country, originally from Ghana, who have my condition, and none of them is ready to come out. So this is this is something that is so unspoken. People don't want to talk about it. People are not comfortable, and not just you know malformation of the womb. Uh, the whole reproductive health issues itself, people don't want to talk about it. Nowadays, we're hearing people talking about endometriosis, coming out and saying, oh, we do have endometriosis. We do have infertility issues. We do have fibroids. And still, a lot of people are still you know, suffering in silence. They are scared of society, myths, you know, stigma, stereotype, so many things, negative backlash, name them. People are not comfortable because the society hasn't made these women, you know, kind of, they haven't given them the confidence or the esteem for them to come out. And as I said, imagine my, my journey. Even medical professionals had no idea what they were doing. They were confused. Some actually ignored, yes, but some didn't know what they're doing. And this clearly shows that even if a medical professional don't understand you, don't know this condition, how much more about the general public? This is why these women need to speak up. This is why these women have to use me as an example and say, hang on, she've got through all this, she've got all this going on. Yes, though, she unveiled a mask. And this is what it came in my mind that I need to speak up, especially when I was given another opportunity to be alive. When that baby died in my womb, I knew the father have to be alive. I have to become the voice, you know, for the voiceless. Somebody needs to come out. It wasn't easy, especially where I come from, coming from an African background. Surely these things are very unspoken. They're seen as taboos. Mm. And even when I spoke to my family that I was about to come out, they were like, no, don't, 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 don't go out. <laughs> you know, we need to, we need to discuss this, this thing behind, you know, behind closed doors. This is a family matter. They were scared for me. Mm. They thought people would laugh at me. They thought people wouldn't understand. And they were right. People laugh at me. People insulted me. People, you know, I've seen it all. I've had all this negative backlash coming out telling my story, you know, sitting in front of the camera on TV, on radio, you know, my stories being the newspapers, it hasn't been easy, but it has empowered people. It has inspired women, young girls, people feel comfortable to know that they are special. It doesn't matter how they're born. Not because maybe they're born with my kind of condition. People with PCOS, people with fibers, people with endometriosis, people with infertility issue, I mean, name them. These women will know that, how. Oh, so we're not the only person. And all these conditions can result to more complications. 
if you know you don't get early diagnosis and the right medical care, the only way it will encourage other people to speak up is if an awareness is done. And awareness is the voice. People will hear, people will understand, and then start to research. But if everyone have to just crawl and hide, how will all these medical professionals who don't know about this condition understand? How will therapists understand what is going on in our mindsets? I mean, you won't believe it. It took me all these years not to get therapy. Last year, last year, just imagine my journey, just last year. Last year, November, December, I had my talking therapy. And that tells you, because it wasn't easy to open up. Even though I'm, I've been, I was the voice, I, was, I became the voice for the voiceless in 2017. I was on this journey, going in you know, the newspapers, talking about it, looking all confident. But when I reached my home, when I'm in my bed, I knew that I was so battling. I was so sad. I was still questioning God, what was going on? Last year, I had to take the bold step and open up and speak to a therapist. And I remember she saying, wow, I can imagine women that even having faced the public. And how are these women going to get healed? How are they going to get well? It's through their voice. Mm -hmm. And this is why this advocacy needs to be done. The awareness needs to be done. And it's something I urge every young child, young girl, every woman, if you see any symptoms, any sign, speak up, seek help. If your doctor ignore it, go to another doctor. You've got the option. Absolutely. I love um, that you are the voice that you have spoke up. Because just for the simple fact, like you said, just with the medical, medical profession, how can they help other women that could be going through this when they're really, a lot of them are even unaware that this even happens. Mm -hmm. And so if we don't speak up as women and talk about what we're going through, I, I just had somebody on the episode that, you know, she had indicated that, you know, she had a lot of cramping and heavy periods. Our society thinks that's normal. Hmm, let me tell you, that's not normal to have mm -hmm. extremely heavy periods and to mm -hmm. have severe scramping, cramping. It's not normal. So speak mm -hmm. up about it. There's something else going on a lot of, of times course. with mm -hmm. your hormones, fibroids, endometriosis, something else is going on. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think that's what I'm hearing you say is even if you think society is telling you it's normal a family member's telling you it's normal to have heavy bleeding and cramping. Mm -hmm. It's not, we're, we're, we're advocating for you to say, no, it's, it's, it's really, it's not. A lot of women have it, but that means a mm -hmm. lot of women are dealing with all kinds of things that they don't necessarily have to. And mm -hmm. as a society, let's start talking just like Elizabeth and talk about what's going on. So we can help others ourselves and mm -hmm. can help so many others. We can help the medical society. Of course. Um, we can have to help those therapists that really aren't sure 
what we're going through. Um, and I'm, I love that you have found that that was something that we, you were needed. And I'm sure it's been beneficial to you to start talking to someone else besides just talking to society as, you know, this big group that you're have now. So um, really seeking that individual help because we do put on a different face when we're in public (laughs) sometimes than when we're in our homes and we shouldn't, Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. should be the same, no matter where we are, but Mm -hmm. we do hide things that are going on, you know, of course. And especially when they're confusing, I mean, um, after everything from 2018 and 2019 to last year, I was still having symptoms. The symptoms were very confusing. One minute you've got your periods, you're already having irregular periods. And then the next, you're having in-between periods. You're seeing blood even when you're urinating and you're in your periods. You know, you'll be thinking, oh, do I have cancer? Your urine will just turn yellow. And that's, those were the things that I was seeing. And then obviously having uterus deficits, I can't easily have kidney disease. So it was like, oh, okay, am I, do I have any kidney failure? Do I have any kidney disease? What's going on? You constantly battling, you know, there was a battle in your mind thinking what is next because I've had ovariances before it disappeared after a year it can still come back I do have multiple fibroids having endometriosis probably that's why I had ovariances luckily Mm. for me it disappeared if it didn't it could have even ended up in ovarian cancer so all this even these five gynecological cancers from vulva cancer womb cancer cervical cancer um ovarian cancer any of those cancers, I can easily get it. Mm. So your mind, you're battling, you're wondering what is next? How am I going to feel? And you know the truth, since I became an advocate, I have completely get so well. Strangely, because it enables me to research on my lifestyle, on my eating habits. There are some foods I don't eat. My lifestyle, when I'm getting a bit down or low, I listen to a lot of motivational talks, podcasts, and becoming an advocate has enabled me to get all these things because I have to research to be able to speak to my audience. Before I post anything on my Instagram page or my Facebook or my website, I need to know what I'm talking about before I go out there to do my outreach program, you know, to students, which I do every year, uh, like a couple of times in Ghana or even in the UK before I'm invited into an event or conference to share my story. I need to know what I'm talking about. I need to know the definition of these conditions. I need to know how to live with it, the kind of lifestyle I can live as a patient with these kind of conditions and becoming the voice has given me all this opportunity to understand that I was supposed to have a seventh surgery last November. And right now, my file is no more with a specialist. I'm not under any specialist anymore. I've been signed out. Mm. I've been signed out. And what is going on? The grace of God. No, I didn't just sit in my house and the grace of God just changed things for me. No, it didn't happen that way. I had to put things 
in perspectives. I have to change my lifestyle. I have to change my mindset. I need to persist. I need to work with the medical professionals. When I don't understand, I speak up. I ask them questions. Oh, sometimes you will see me writing in a, in a hospital, like the doctor's surgery, because I don't understand the word they're saying. When I come home, I will read and I'll research and I'll post online and I'll be communicating because this is what advocates we do. And if I didn't go through all this, I wouldn't have become an advocate. So me personally, I would say being born different was a, it's a blessing in disguise because that has enabled me to become, I would say a teacher, an advocate, maybe <laughs> a doctor who is not medically trained <laughs> because my background is law. But how come I have I've gained so much knowledge by researching and understand all this, you know, understanding all this condition. So speaking up, it's not only even for, to help others, it has also helped me mm. as a person and the words around me, and I'll say people globally who have heard my stories. At the moment, we know my stories have been published in 100 countries, at least. All these people that have come across my story or read or listened, I'm sure some of them have been inspired. Some of them have been touched, and a lot of them get in touch. And this is why, you know, speak up is very important. You never know when it will take you, what it will bring to you. There are so many things you will gain if you speak up. Mm, absolutely. Oh my gosh. You said a lot there that inspired me. I believe you're right. I believe um, we are born with things that are a blessing to us, mm -hmm. that become a blessing to us if we allow them to see them as a blessing. I'm in total mm -hmm. agreement that when we speak up and we research and we change what's going into our ears, our minds, um, we can totally change um, what comes out of our mouth and we mm -hmm. can change our body. You mm -hmm. know, our minds are so, so powerful. And I am a firm believer that our minds can heal us. Mm -hmm. Um, not everything, I don't think, but I do believe almost everything can be healed um, with our mind. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm, I just, everything you said there, um, in total agreement um, of researching, speaking out does really mm -hmm. help you. Um, I think that's why a lot of people go for counseling or therapy or have coaches mm -hmm. Because just speaking and talking to someone else is so beneficial mm -hmm. for us. When we open our mouths, it benefits us. Um, we may not always have the perfect words, but I think we need to just know, um, just be guided and just, and just speak up because you will find a person. I, I find that all the time, especially with women that have had struggles with infertility or loss. Once they speak up, if they're in a group of people, there are several people that can totally, they can connect with. That is like, yeah, me too. You know, mm -hmm. I've had infertility, me too. I've had a mm -hmm. loss. And then just speaking up and talking to each other is so, so beneficial. And obviously you're right. What you have done has touched a lot of people. 
I mean, a hundred countries, you know, you have touched people in all of those hundred countries and all of those people that are on your social media that you've been connected to, you have touched them. You may not hear from them. They may not come out publicly, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we don't know who they have talked to. Even of if course. they talk to a friend or even if they've talked to a daughter or they've talked to um, a sister, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what you are doing is rippling the whole world. And I want to thank you so much for what you're <laughs> doing. You. Sometimes it's, a, it's hard to realize Mm-hmm. Um, when we speak up that it, am I really touching people? And I'm going to tell you, you are your heart, you. your passion, um, your love to help people is just tremendous. And I'm Thank loving you. what you're, what you're doing. <laughs> I'm loving what you're doing. Thank I'm you. so thankful that you do have a daughter, um, mm-hmm. that you didn't listen to all of the doctors and what they were Mm -hmm. telling you that you were able to have a daughter, because I do believe, and you could, you've done more research. I believe there are women with the same, with two uteruses, um, two wombs that have the same condition that never, ever have children. Mm -mm. So -mm. you have been blessed to have a daughter. So is Thank that you. true in saying that, that a lot of times they never have children because of- Yes, some, some don't have children. I mean, uh, the five that I've met, two of them have been able to conceive. Um, and strangely, some do have children and some can't. So it's maybe it's blessing or some people, they, some of them can also have children if they get one of them corrected. Sometimes they have to have uh, medical assistance or help. I never had any help, but I was able to conceive. And having said that, my 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 labor wasn't the right one. I was sorry, my pregnancy wasn't you know the usual ones. So looking at what I went through, and and even she coming premature is very common among women like myself. There has also been some women that have gone and have normal pregnancies, but the majority I've noticed they do actually need medical assistance if they want to have a normal delivery or normal pregnancy. Okay, yeah. I I mean, just what my logical brain is saying is if there are two, are they smaller then? So that kind of leads me to believe maybe- They're both kind of normal, not they're not the normal womb, obviously. And one is always smaller, very narrow. Okay. Like mine, the left one is very narrow than my right. Because okay. my daughter was, she was in my right one. That's where she came. But then the left one was the second one that lost it. Because okay. the left one is narrow. At the same time, I do have a lot of fibros in there. The infection is more in my left womb than my, my right side. Right, right. I mean, even myself, and that's why I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak up here about this, because I want other women to speak up. Um, I had tremendous amount of fibroids and cysts. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to have a hysterectomy because there were so mm-hmm. many fibroids. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, just saying that um, a lot of women have these things and we really do need to talk about it so that mm-hmm. people don't feel so alone or, or ashamed or mm-hmm. not even wanting to mm-hmm. tell their doctor, you know, 
how many times women have you gone to the doctor and they'll ask you, how was your period? When was your last period? You know, and we're just like, oh, it was this day. It was fine. When really, in all reality, it was not Mm -hmm. fine because Mm -hmm. our society is telling us it's fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But Elizabeth and I are telling you and previous guests that I've had are saying it's not it's not normal. (laughs) Yeah, it's not fine. It's not normal. So let's change that as far as women, we can change that and and help so many. That's what we're here for, right? Is to help, help other women. That's what we're all about. So anything else you would like to share about um, for your journey? And if not, if there's nothing else with your journey with um, the infertility, with all of the um, things that you've gone through, Um, I would love for two things for you to share first, how, if you're willing to have women reach out to you um, and where they can do that, where that's best, if that's on social media, if that's through your website. And I want you to talk a little bit about what you're doing um, as far as all of that stuff. Okay, so if anyone wants to reach out, they can reach out to me on Instagram. It's at Special Lady Awareness. My website is www.specialladyawareness.com and also on Facebook, Special Lady Awareness. And what Special Lady Awareness? It is a woman reproductive health advocacy that educates not only women, I'll say people, because of course these women have partners, they do have husbands, they do have family, friends. So it educates people on women reproductive health and also combat menstrual poverty or menstrual poverty and educate young girls on menstrual uh, hygiene and also you know empower the girl child um, education. The reason being, when we take, let's say, the menstru- menstruation aspect of it, not everyone understands what menstruation. Even these young students or young girls don't even know why their bodies have to go through those changes, why they have to actually use sanitary products. Some people in certain areas, you know, especially Africa or Asia, or even in, in Western countries, some don't even have access to sanitary products you know, every now and then, or even all the time. And what my um, charity does, you know, the team normally goes to these less privileged areas. So we raise awareness on these um, topics and also donate sanitary products and essentials to these young girls and students. And recently we were in Ghana in five different towns. So we did a tour of these towns and educated students from the age of, I would say 11, to probably 17, 18, you know, to raise awareness to them. And we also do obviously the reproductive health aspects. So that aspect, what we do is we also give free consultations of uh, people having access to ultrasound scans, you know, at least the minimum. And whereby there is cases that they've got, let's say severe case like having loads of fibers that they need to have surgery. We also raise funds for them to get those surgeries done. And um, what is, what else I personally do as Elizabeth is being a voice, you know, going to events and conferences, telling my story, doing live on Facebook, doing those seminars and workshops to talk about it so that people can relate. And at the same time, the charity itself, the team also, when we go on the field, we do that as well. We talk about reproductive health aspects and how people can get the right help, how they have to speak up. And also we work with healthcare units by getting them um medical essentials to treat and diagnose reproductive health 
um, conditions. So quite lots that we do that's going on. And yes, so it's kind of ensuring not only women having a voice, also they having access to you know, early diagnosis and adequate medical care, because those are the mission, especially the awareness, ensuring that women do have early diagnosis and the right medical care that is needed to treat this condition and how they can manage their symptoms as well. Awesome. You're doing a lot. <laughs> You're doing a lot. We need to know, when are you coming to the U.S.? I am ready. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to come last year and then it Who was you? covered. I am ready. So um, my book is coming out soon by the end of oh. this month. My book will be out. So when a book, I just want to, when a book is out, I'm surely going to, to America. Wait, I didn't even know that you, you're it's writing a, a book. It's a I have finished writing a book. I have finished writing a book. Okay. Do, is there a title or is it's that a, a massive secret? surprise coming out? Okay. It's a surprise coming out. Okay. My book okay. will be out. And um, so end of next year, end of next year, sorry, end of next month, it will be out. So by next year, 2022, I will definitely be in America. I need to go to Kenya. I need to go to Nigeria. I need to go to Malawi. I need to go to... <laughs> Spain. Wow. I mean, all the all the hundred countries. I don't know whether I can do that. Wow. But at least go to, I'll say twenty of them at least before okay. I'm forty five years old. Okay. Okay. If you need a travel partner, let and me know. I'll be there next seven eight years. <laughs> but I'm I'm definitely looking forward to come to America, and I think America will be one of the countries I need to come which is next year by God's grace, I should be coming to America. Awesome. I'm really looking forward. I just want to, you know, um, Health Magazine, American Health Magazine, I don't know if you know about it. Yeah. They did publish my story. Yeah, oh, when was when was that? Do you remember? Was it 2018, 2019, I think? In if I remember, magazine. April 2019. Okay. Yeah, so it's, if you put uh, health, uh, health, um, the health, Elizabeth Amwa, it will come out. I will okay. send you the link. Yeah, so they did publish so. my story, and I was very grateful. Obviously, with the audience they do have, you know, millions of people follow yeah. them. So it was very touching. I mean, they did it before Born Different featured my story. So I need to go to Canada as well because Barcroft Studios, or, or I think their headquarters in Canada. So all these countries, I need to go. Wow, you're going to be traveling a lot. That's <laughs> and, awesome. And I need money to do that. It's not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah okay i'm gonna i'm gonna send some good vibes some some prayers that um prosperity comes over you, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um so real quick to conclude any words any additional words of advice or encouragement you've said a lot so if you can kind of summarize that and we'll conclude with that so anything that you would like to share with my listeners um to encourage or inspire them. So what I want to say that any woman watching me or you know, young girl watching me, listening to me, I just want to say, don't keep quiet when you see anything unusual on your body. Speak up, seek help. It doesn't matter whether someone is listening to you or not, you know, let your family, you know, your doctors, anyone you feel comfortable, your partners, let them know that 
there are some signs that you need to check because picking up is how you can get your early diagnosis and get the right treatment. But if you don't speak up, you continue to suffer in silence. And remember, these gynecological conditions don't only affect us physically, it also affects us psychologically, our career goals, our life goals, our relationships. So it's something that we shouldn't put a blind eye. It's, it shouldn't be an elephant in the room. We need to speak up and get the right help that we need so that it won't end up, you know, more complicated or it will not end up in serious, you know, um, how do you call it, aspects. As obviously my story clearly shows that there was a lot of late diagnosis and a lot of neglect, you know, from medical professionals. So please use me as a motivational tool to speak up and get the right medical care as you, you need. Awesome. Yes, I agree. I agree with you. We have to speak up. And I'm glad that that you are now. Um, I know you were then. Nobody was listening. <laughs> That's why the late diagnosis and they weren't taking action. But I'm glad that they are now. And I love that you said that it doesn't always just affect you. It affects mm -hmm. your relationships with other people if things mm -hmm. are going on in your body and you're not able to uh, voice those things that mm -hmm. it is affecting everyone around you as well. Mm -hmm. And people don't want to hurt other people. So it is mm -hmm. important to, to speak up, um, you know, so that that doesn't happen. So I am will grab and we'll get those all those um, Instagram um and Facebook and your website and all of, and maybe they'll link to the the health magazine and we'll put all of that in the show notes so everyone can if need be can get a hold of Elizabeth and reach out or at least um, find some information about her and 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 even if they don't feel comfortable reaching out I want you to know that you're touching their life and they're just maybe be talking to a friend or whoever, but you are touching their lives. And that's really important. And I'm so grateful that I've been connected with you. You've touched my life, um, which you may never know how much it, it has affected my life, but um, I really appreciate you taking the time. And I'm excited that I've talked to someone halfway around the world. <laughs> um, but we the as women, technology. <laughs> yeah, but we as women, it's, it's important that we connect mm -hmm. no matter we are just women and no matter where we are in the world, um, the True. same things seem to, to happen no matter where women are. So I'm glad that we're sharing that. So thank you again so much for and coming on for today. Thank you welcome. for having me. <laughs> Wow, what an episode. Thank you, Elizabeth. It was so great having you on today. I am so grateful um, to spend this time with you. And thank you, um, listeners. I am grateful that you have were able to join us today and listen to the episode as well. As always, share this with someone you knew that it can help. So give them a voice. We are all about awareness and, and giving voices to the voiceless, as Elizabeth had indicated. So again, share this with those, those people that you know. Also, don't forget to go into the show notes. There are lots of links there to connect you to Elizabeth and some other resources that will benefit you or someone maybe that you know. So, and always, if you would like to share your story with me, either on the podcast or just 
need someone to hear your story, I would love to hear your story. I would love to hear about um, if you're struggling with infertility or if you've lost a baby. I would love to hear about your baby and support you um, on your journey. We know that sharing your story is very powerful. And as always, I want to help you through your journey. But we know that telling our stories inspires others and gives them hope on their journey.